What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you like this show, and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do, go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go, many other shows. Please go there and check that out. And as always like the Blazing Defender reports. And now, for your listening pleasure, the Blazing Defender report with your host, Travis Jones. Welcome, everybody, to the two-time Podcast War nominee comic book show, the Blazing Defender comic book report. What's going on, guys? I'm your host, Travis Jones. I got a fantastic show for you today. So, The Haunting of Hill House. This Netflix original is one of the best, if not the best, scary, haunting stories that I've, I've ever, I've ever uh, watched. Uh, if it was a book, it would be the best book I've ever read. I mean, what they've done with the the horror genre, the haunting genre, it's not just a haunted house. Uh, this family, they give them identities, they give them backstories. You care what happens to these children. You get attached to them as children. You see how fucked up they get as adults because of this house and because of what happened to them in this house. It's just, it, it, I've never seen uh, a horror show like this before. It just goes to show you that great storytelling can elevate any genre of anything. Maybe not porn. I don't know really what we could do with porn. It's kind of perfect the way it is. I really don't want to go messing with that too much. But I'm sure the guys that wrote this, uh, they could do that. Uh, it's fantastic. It's very, very... Uh, holiday specific. Uh, so if you're looking for something scary to watch tomorrow, binge that shit, man, or do it this weekend. I don't give a shit when you watch it. Uh, this is fantastic storytelling. I mean, like I cried, like I fucking cried, dude. Like the little boy, Lucas. Oh my God. Every time he's on the screen, it's just I want to fucking, I want to go through the camera and I want to get him and I want to hold him. I'm like, dude, I got you, dog. I got you. We're going to get fucking through this, man. I ain't going to let nothing hurt you. Uh, so that just goes to show you what what kind of um, character building and dynamic that they give these the, these actors, man. And the actors, holy shit. The, one of the main chicks, Theo, she's like a younger, hotter Angelina Jolie. I didn't say it. My wife said it. So, and I was like, holy shit. Boom, that's it. That's who she is. She's got the big lips and she's just, she's gorgeous. Super interesting character. And like, there's a little bit of a, I don't want to say superpowers in this, but there's a little bit of superpowers in this. Like some people have abilities uh, and it's, but it's very realistic. It's very specific to the story. It's fantastic, guys. It's fucking fantastic. Um, I'm, ooh, I'm really behind on the chat. Hold on. Just one second. Let me get caught up. Let me call up. Let me call up. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, it is, yeah, it's so good. I'm, I'm glad, uh, uh, some of the chat is even agreeing with me, which that's rare. Um, but yeah, so really, really, really good stuff, guys. Please check that out. All right, dude, my boy, Frederick Debo. If you guys watch the show, my hype man, my brother, Frederick Debo, um, he has turned me on to, DC's Titans. Now, if you're unfamiliar, it's probably because it is on DC's uh, streaming service. Uh, you got to pay for it. God, that's a horrible... Man, I, I really should have did a better job getting a graphic. That looks like shit. Anyway, you get the idea. Uh, I was a huge Titans fan, the Teen Titans fan, uh, in the comic books when I was a kid. I, I didn't really see the cartoon. I know a lot of people have seen the cartoon, and I've even had some people be like, nah, man, I ain't into that Titan stuff. And I'm like, whoa, 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 easy. No, no, no. You do not understand. This is bad ass. This show, when I said DC got their shit together, 
This is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of entertainment that I want. This is the kind of entertainment that they need to be giving people. Not that CW shit, okay? Which, don't get me wrong, I do watch some of them. I'm sorry, I, I mean, I'm guilty. It's a guilty pleasure. Uh, but this, this here is not for your kid. I don't even know if I'd let, like, a 13-year-old watch it. It's very adult. It's very dark, very gritty. Fucking Dick Grayson is a badass. Like, when people talk about Dick Grayson taking over the mantle of the bat you know there's a there's a huge like reddit page where people give reasons why dick grayson would be a better batman than bruce dude this this show right here shows that dick's got the chops man like we really haven't seen the detective part of dick grayson yet i'm sure it's to come there are only three episodes in so i've only seen three each one of them i've been like damn me and debo are constantly in, in message going oh my god dude that was dope oh my god that fight scene the fight scenes are fantastic the character development has been fucking incredible so far again only three episodes in they got a lot of room they could fuck shit up uh but starfire is amazing i'm not sure if they're if they're making her an alien this last episode kind of alludes to she may not be quite from earth when i don't know that yet Raven uh, is fantastic, but episode two really, really got me going because Dove and Hawk, or Hawk and Dove, made uh, an appearance, and they were colleagues and friends of Dick, um, and Alan Rickman, who played Blue Mountain State, you guys probably know him from Aquaman in the Smallville series, but I love this guy. This guy He's, he's got the body. He's got incredible acting chops. I can't believe he hasn't landed that major uh, Hollywood part yet. Like, maybe not even in the superhero genre, but just like some type of action hero. This guy's amazing. He can do it all. He's wildly funny. And again, not many dudes are built like this. He's like a big dude. So I was so hyped to see him. Like, I have nothing to go on this show. Like, I don't know shit about it. So when I'm watching it, everything is so new to me. Yeah, Debo, there it is. Titan series is so dark and epic. I love it. Man, uh, it, it's, it's so good, guys. But like, the best part, this is the best part. How can you have a show with Robin and no Batman? Like, everybody said this about Gotham, right? Like, with no Batman. All right, this is how smart this show is. Bruce Wayne is in this. He's a background character. You see him, kind of, in several shots. They're so smart about how they do it. And really, let's think about this. That's what Bruce would be. That's where Bruce would be looking over Dick is kind of in the background. Dick and Bruce have obviously had some type of falling out. So we don't know what that's about yet. This ultra-violent Robin, we don't know what that's about yet. Him and Dove apparently had some kind of hookup. Ooh, and she's smoking hot, too, so I don't fucking blame him. But, like, even she was like, holy shit, you went lying that you changed. I mean, dude, Robin, I've never thought I'd say this. I love Robin, dude. Robin is a bad motherfucker. But the show, the story, the way it's progressing, so good. It's keeping me on the edge of my seat. There have been some plot holes, especially with Starfire, but they still have a chance to, to fix those, to rectify those, because there's still a lot we don't know, right? But guys, if you can, I'm not saying, is it worth the streaming service? I don't even know what the streaming service costs. Uh, I can't advocate pirating it, but I'm just saying, if you can watch it, uh, buy the stream, uh, subscribe to the DC stream. I don't know what else is on there, but if this is any indication of what's coming out from this streaming service, I'm all in. Like, one more show like this, boom. I'm in hook, line, sinker, because they've got me hooked. And guess who is the executive writer, the executive producer, the executive director? Jeff Johns. So it just goes to show, give Johns some leeway, and he can really produce great shit. And I think they really let the reins go on Johns on this TV series, because it's fantastic. I absolutely fucking love it. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Let me just. All right. So you got Robin, Raven, Starfire, Beast Boy. Uh, and then there was a family that showed up in episode two. And really, they just call them the family. They're these weird, like, Pleasantville assassins. Even the kids. They're sick little fucks. And they're they're working part of this doomsday cult to, to capture Raven. So, I mean, it's so awkward, but yet creepy. And they really make it work. So... There's a, a lot of hidden gems in this too, not just not just uh, characters that you already know. All right, uh, so it's tight. Okay, let's get to uh, oh, in episode four, the one coming up, we're getting Doom Patrol. Yeah, man. Like, and if you go online right now and look at the trailer, they look amazing. I cannot wait to see what Doom Patrol does. All right, so I finished Daredevil season three last night. Uh. <laughs> I have to say, I'm not as glowing about it as everybody else is. And um, for one thing, it started way too fucking slow for me. Like, I mean, it didn't even get going until maybe episode six. And I want to say that was the, maybe it was episode five where Bullseye finally shows up and he kills everybody. Oops, spoiler alert. Uh, if you haven't watched it all yet, there is a scene with Bullseye, and he, when he finally shows up, it really gets going. And that might have been the highlight of the entire series for me, is when Daredevil and Bullseye see each other, or not see each other, but meet each other for the first time. It was very cool, very awesome. Now, um, the story was pretty good. I really like how they use Kingpin, of course. Uh, D'Onofrio is a fantastic actor. But I'll be honest, I felt like he was lacking. I felt like he didn't get to display the range of emotion that he did in season one. So therefore, for me, seeing that Kingpin eruption, that's kind of what you wait for, for Kingpin. Now, there was a couple times in this series, but it's just, I don't know. I thought it was lackluster on his part as well. Uh... Let's see. And, and man, let's be honest. If you've watched it, does Daredevil ever win a fucking fight? Like, yeah, he beats up some FBI guards, okay? Which begs the question, why is it that he can beat up every FBI guard there is, like multiple ones at, at the same time? But Poindexter is like, goddamn, he's like a black belt. I mean, I get it. Poindexter, and there's another problem. I thought the guy that played Bullseye was fantastic. Uh, I really like him as an actor. I thought he he played the creepy psychopath really, really well. It wasn't, the problem wasn't with him. It was with how they wrote him. And what I mean is, we never, ever, and I've had several people come up and ask me this. How is it that Bullseye can throw a fucking pencil through a snow globe? How is that? Like, I mean, you know how much strength it would take? And I don't even know if you could be strong enough because the pencil is just going to shatter when it hits the globe no matter how fast it's traveling. So what's the deal with that? And where did he get this ability from? I mean, like, he could be a great shot, but he's ricocheting shit, right? Which Bullseye does, and we all know that. I get it. It, it, it. There's more to be told, but, like, they keep saying the backstory behind Bullseye. No, 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 no. We get the craziness. We got that. We want to know about his ability. Where did he get this ability from? He had it as a kid. So was he born with it? Was he experimented on? Is he a mutant? What is the deal? And I'm not talking about like comic people. We know how he got his ability as a comic book person. This is this Netflix show is it has to reach out to everyone, right? So they really need to tighten up Bullseye's backstory. Uh, and, and again, how is he such? I mean, how can he handle Daredevil in a fight? He's FBI agent. He just became Bullseye. Now, if Kingpin had recruited him, sent him off for a year to learn other shit, and then come back, and he's able to take Daredevil on hand-to-hand, I get it. I buy that. Out the box, no fucking way. So, and I, some people were like, well, I don't think Daredevil had quite recovered from his injuries from when the building fell on him. Because he's like, he's constantly going out, right? Like he's beat the fuck up and he's constantly going out. I get it. He's not 100%. Totally, totally get that argument. Uh, but again, 
Like, you really got to think about it. And, and, and the show should stand on its own. So they should have addressed that. Uh, Dan asked, did it get canceled too? Life Out Loud. Um, no, it didn't get canceled yet. Yet. But let's be honest, guys. And I wanted to address that too. The Netflix shows are getting canceled. Cage and Fist. Um, you know, Disney's streaming service is coming out. Especially if DC's streaming service is, is, is producing good shit like this. Fist and Cage could very well come back on this on the streaming service. Uh, if they were, if Netflix was to cancel Daredevil, you know it's coming back. Uh, it's going to come back on um, their streaming service. Uh, I doubt anything happens to Daredevil because it was critically well liked. You know, whatever. Uh, so was the first Iron Fist. It was kind of like, you know, and I don't, I, I, I almost. Almost can't even speak to somebody who liked that first season. But, you know, it was very, like, it was the most, uh, the, the biggest discrepancy on Rotten Tomatoes ever. Like, the critics and the fans. Like, the biggest disparage ever in Rotten Tomatoes history was Iron Fist Season 1. So, really, really strange. Uh, but, no, I haven't canceled it yet. Uh, I want to see more Daredevil. I just, I wish the season had got started a little better. I still feel like seasons one and two were better than season three. Um, other than Bullseye, oh, I love the Karen Page. Karen Page, um, she gets on my nerves a little bit, but with that one episode, it may have been eight or nine, I don't remember, that shows her backstory when she was like, we're in Wisconsin or some shit, and what happened with her brother really, really gives her character a lot more meaning, and we know why she does the shit that she does. So I thought that was a fan, maybe my favorite episode, which if, if you're just watching it, you'd be like, this is comic book shit. You know, you're like, yeah, well, nobody in it right now. Um, but it's, it was a, it needed to be in one of the, uh, the, the series. And I'm really, really glad that they put it in this one because um, I felt like a lot of episodes just wound up being flat. Some had really good shock value. Like, you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything for guys that haven't seen it yet. But there are some episodes where you're like, holy shit, that just happened. So there are some oh shit moments which save it for me. Whereas like Cage and Fist, they really don't even have any of those moments, right? So, but it, it was just it was just okay for me. Um, let's see, I'm just I'm looking at my notes. Uh, I, I hate that Daredevil got beat up as much as he did. I really fucking hate that. Um, special agent Nadim. Yeah. Now he's a non-comic book character, an FBI agent that to me was the best actor in the series. He, he had a range. Uh, he could be emotional. He could be tough. He, you could really feel like he was, you know, like struggling with trying to do the right thing. And in, in Daredevil, uh, well, actually Murdoch tells the DA at one point, could you sit there and say you do the same thing as this guy right now? And I was like, holy shit, man, that's a that's a great argument and a good point. Because Nadine, man, after you see everything he's went through and he's still trying to do the right thing, uh, just it was really good, and I think he sold that really, really well. Um, okay, all right. On to the next thing. What would I give it? Uh, someone asked, asked me before, what would I give daredevil season three. Oh, I don't know, man. I want to say a seven, but when I say a seven out loud and I hear myself say that it makes me feel like it's too high. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, wasn't, wasn't totally crazy about it. So I'm really hoping that they continue and, uh, we get, we could just get better stories. All right. Avengers four. Lots of speculation, lots of rumors, and we're going to jump right on that fucking speculation train and take the fuck off. All right. The trailer is coming in November. This was, uh, don't even ask me how I found this. It was from a Russian orchestra that is tasked with doing one of the tunes or the score for Avengers 4. So the trailer is going to come out in November. Now, this is kind of the big rumor, I guess. But this is what they said the title will be to Avengers 4 is Annihilation. So Avengers 4 will be titled Avengers Annihilation. 
I'm not I, I'm not 100% sure on that, but the 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 place that I was looking at this at was very very sure about it. So we'll see. Only time will tell. Pretty good name uh, for everything that's about to go on, I think. So, and it may reset the MCU somewhat, uh, especially, oh, well, here it is. Um, oh, Michael Grillo, who's the executive producer on Infinity War, has also slipped and said that Tilda Swenson will be in Avengers 4. So the ancient one will be back. They got her for a day of shooting. So basically what that means is um, she probably doesn't, has a, doesn't have a major role but as we've seen, Red Skull had a pretty big role, even though his part was small, right? So I'm really curious to see how they bring her back. Um, and then uh, Frank Gorillo has already said that he did not say Crossbones would be back in Avengers 4. I know that was a big rumor going around. He's went to Twitter and everything else, uh, you know, not claiming that. Like, nope, that's false. I never said that. Uh, and he may just be like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Now they're about to fire my ass. So he may be just, he may be just doing some damage control. I don't know, but uh, I thought that was I thought that was curious too. Uh, Feige, who is accepting, or he was actually going to some type of special presentation of the Black Panther of, of the reshowing of the movie at a theater, and he went to Twitter and he answered three questions, and one of them was, "Will the Avengers four trailer be out by the end of the year?" Yes. Uh, then later, uh, it was actually maybe three weeks later, we found out from that Russian uh, orchestra that it, it would come out in November. Uh, but what was interesting was they asked about uh, surprise characters showing up in the MCU. And for whatever reason, he chose Namor. And he said Namor could make an appearance. It's still, still, I'm still deciding on if and when. Wow. I mean, we all know it's been, it's no secret that Feige's a big Namor fan, which I think is kind of weird because Saddam Hussein was a big Namor fan. I don't know if you knew that or not, but when they raided his palace, uh, he had a collection, like a mint Silver Age collection of old Namor comic books. And they all said it was because Saddam likes Namor's outfit, which if you know Namor, the Submariner, he's like in, uh, he's basically naked with a green Speedo on and wings on his feet. So, all right, Saddam, whatever tickles your fucking boat, dude. Uh, but yeah, so I really thought it was strange that Namor was um, going to be uh, the surprise. Like, out of all these characters that we just acquired, uh, acquired rights to, Namor and actually Namor, from what I understand, still belongs to Universal, even though Universal uh, their uh, their expiration date, their licensing has expired on the character. But I don't think Marvel's acquired it yet, or they can't acquire it yet for some reason. Like Universal gets first crack at it. I have no fucking idea. Just thought it was really strange that Feige said Namor, because uh, it wasn't like, oh, is Namor going to show up? He volunteered that that name so i thought that was really strange uh no surprise here but guardians of the galaxy 3 is still on hold with all that shit that happened with uh james gunn uh it doesn't look like we're going to get uh a gotg anytime soon which sucks because they already said that this was going to set the groundwork for the next 20 years of Marvel films, because I think they were about to get really, really cosmic with everything. And the Guardians would have been a fantastic launching point. Now, this is what I've said. Now, I'm not saying they'll do this, uh, but if they want to hire me, I could do it for them, probably, uh, with some help. But, like, people were like, well, the Guardians, the Guardians movies already been greenlit. Now, we've already seen what, what can happen to greenlit movies. Now, granted, this was an extreme case because the director got fucking fired. But I always said, you still have Nebula and Rocket. We've, they've already established the original Guardians and Guardians 2 with Stallone's Darkhawk character, Martinex, uh, Charlie 44, all those guys that were in the Guardians 2, they were the original Guardians. Throw Rocket and Nebula in with that group, got your Guardians of the Galaxy movie. 
And those were my favorite Guardians anyway, just saying. Which, you know, they're old school, but I love that, that group of Guardians. Not sure about the actors or anything. I'm not sure about Stallone being Darkhawk, to be totally honest. But um, they could still do a Guardians movie, but it's just not going to have our cast that we're familiar with. And you come on, let's be honest. Pratt, um, Batista, I mean, th those guys, I mean, they're, they're, they're a big part of what we loved about Guardians. So let's, let's hope they work all this mess out, okay? Uh, all right, guys, on the comic book front, I didn't have a lot to be honest, I thought this week's comic sucked. I'm not going to lie. The, like, the next two weeks must be balls out shit, or everything's fucking running late. Uh, Dan can probably speak on that more than me. But, like, this week's books really sucked. A couple good books last week. But uh, the one book I really want to talk about before I get into the top five of the scariest comic books that I've ever read is Vader 22. Darth Vader 22, written by Charles Soule. Guys, I've been saying it for fucking three years now. Even when uh, Soul wasn't doing it, it was uh, shit. Karen Gillan was doing Vader. You guys got to be reading fucking Vader. Vader is is not only is it awesome, but it's given us so much backstory into what makes Vader Vader. Now, what makes this issue so special is they've basically introduced a new Sith Lord that is pretty badass because he's sick as fuck. His name is Monmon, okay? And let me set this up for you. Palpatine, because Vader's been doing so well, you know, Vader's in the doghouse after the Death Star blew up and all that shit, right? So Palpatine, I'm sorry, not that, when he let the Jedis get away, okay? Uh, Palpatine gave... Let Vader pick a planet. Vader picked Mustafar, which is the planet, the fire that he fought Obi-Wan on. Okay? Now, you know, Palpatine's always playing dumb to shit. Like, he feels like that's why Vader wants that planet, because it's a connection to his past. Okay? So Palpatine agrees. He gives him this uh, imperial architect to build him a base there. All right. And he gives him an artifact, a Sith artifact. Palpatine is three steps ahead of even Vader here. Okay. Stay with me. So when Vader gets to Mustafar, Mustafar has an incredible dark side energy to it. Okay. Which we find out later it's like one of the birthplaces of the dark side. So there's all kinds of dark side energy here. Vader uh, basically ignites this Monmen helmet with the force, and it basically comes alive. It tries to, um, uh, what am I trying to say here? It tries to uh, possess Vader, and Vader fights it off. Okay, so basically what's Vader do? He goes out and some of the uh, like people that mine the ore in Mustafar, he basically snatches one of them up and has the mask put on them. And this Sith Lord Monmon starts speaking to Vader, telling him about his past. And like he didn't get all caught up in the rule of two and he wanted to make art. And his fucking art was sickening like so sickening and like people were like oh my god you're in but that's what he was using the force for is not for power but like to create his art and one of the things how he was killed is he was trying to use the force to freeze time as he destroyed a planet that way the look when everyone died, would be frozen on their faces forever. <laughs> this is how sick this motherfucker is, right? So the Jedi intervene. They stop Mammon. Mammon is basically killed, but what's left of his essence went into this helmet. So now he's promising Vader, like, hey, dude, I will make you my masterpiece. This planet is full of dark side energy, but you need a key. 
So he's going to build Vader. The, his base is going to be the key to this dark side energy. Like we've always speculated that Vader's base on Mustafar was something more and why he goes there and meditates and all this stuff for years. Now we're finally getting this origin story of Monmen and Vader and probably Padme. Don't know if Padme's coming back yet or if that's even a thing or if it's going to be possible, but Vader's going to push it to the limit. Now, this is what I think is so interesting. Palpatine knows all this. Palpatine gave him that Sith artifact because he knew. He knew that Monmen was going to reach out to Vader, that they were going to connect, that he was going to tell Vader all this shit. And remember, that's how Palpatine got Anakin to switch to the dark side in the first place is because he told him he could save Padme if he, he came over to the dark side because he had learned the power of reincarnation. Okay, well, it didn't work because he said Vader killed her with the dark side. So now the dark side is going to resurrect, or maybe it's not. I don't know, but it's going to be real interesting. And Vader's already told this cat, you fuck me, I will be your worst nightmare. So can't wait to see what else happens out of this. But man, since guys, our movies are junk. Our movies are shit. They're, that's not changing. I, I I can see the writing on the wall. As long as they keep making a billion dollars, they're not going to change shit. So, I mean, maybe J.J. will save us. Maybe J.J. will save our franchise. All praise J.J. And I pray to God that he can do it. But if he can't, these movies are going to suck for the next 20 years. I don't want no part of them anymore, hardly. These comic books are still taking what we want to see and making great stories out of them. Darth Vader 22, I give it a nine and a half. I loved it. It was great. I was constantly like, oh shit, oh shit. Uh, the art could be a little bit better, but it, it's, it's, it's a perfect tone for what this book is. It's, man, this book is all about your fucking story. So please, if you're a Star Wars fan, you've got to be checking out Vader 22. All right, guys. Um, I've got. I've had a lot of people recently want to know. Yes, Shannon Tucker says. Side note: The Darth Bane novels are fantastic. They are my favorite novels. Um, I was really, I was really glad that they kept the Bane novels as canon because some some didn't make it. I keep, I keep holding out that when they reboot this Star Wars universe, they go one of two ways. All right, I'm getting off on a tangent, but that's the reason I love the chat. Yay, the chat. Um, so this is the movie that I want. I want the Knights of the Old Republic. I want Re I want the story of Revan on the big screen. That to me would be the. I mean, let, dude, Skywalker solos, Obi Wan's, Palpatines, they're done. They're done. We've already we've we've took a took too big of a shit. That stain will never come out. I don't think. Let's start anew. There's great material out there. There's so many great stories that can be written from all this canon that is the Knights of the Old Republic. If you ever played the video games, you know what I'm talking about. But Revan is a fucking badass. He was the ultimate double fucking agent, man. If you don't know about Darth Revan, please read about him. He's fantastic. The other way is we go Darth Bane, which would be maybe like a side movie, like, um, like Solo, okay? Or Rogue One, but we we established that rule of two that Bane made. So I would love to see that. Any of those novels, Bane was a bad motherfucker, dude. And uh, I would love to see that on a silver screen. No fucking doubt. Uh, love to see Darth Bane. Um, okay. Uh, oh, scary, scary Comics. Okay, I got five. Um, let's see. Do I got five? I got some. Let's just fucking put it that way. Right. Yeah, maybe I don't have five. Anyway, um, let's see. Dude, I've had all these images. You motherfuckers get me talk. Look, here's a Daredevil image for you. Forgot to put that up. All right. Looks cool, though, right? I love that. That's a fucking dope image. Like, whoever came up with this image, that is badass. Nicely done. 
This is a fan-made trailer for Avengers 4. See, I'm supposed to put all this up. Come on, guys. Help me out. What the fuck is wrong with you all? Where's Debo at? Debo, you're supposed to... Dude, you're supposed to be like, dude, where's the image? I'm supposed to be like, oh, fuck, I forgot, man. My bad. Here's Vader. There's the Mommin helmet right there. That's Mommin's helmet looking back at him. It's kind of weird. <laughs> oh, and here's a, here's a page. Here's a page from Vader. Yeah. Look at all this stuff I got. God damn it. All right. This is my first fucking podcast. Yay. It's my first podcast. Um, yeah, this is when the helmet, like he, he puts the force into it and it basically comes to life and it, sh it, it like shows him how, what happened to him. It showed him as a kid, how fucking sick he was as a little kid. And then as he grew up, how the, there was a jet or I'm sorry, not a Jedi, but a Sith Lord that came and broke him out to make him her apprentice. He ended up killing her because he gave two shits about being an apprentice. He just wanted, he just wanted uh dark side, man. Uh, oh yeah. And I had this, Hey, this Batman. Happy Halloween. See, man, I fucked all this up. Do you know how long this takes me to do? Do y'all know how long this takes me to do? And I fucked it all up. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. All right. Transitioning out. Okay. All right, guys. Scariest comics. Boop. There we go. Images. Yeah. Images rock. All right. This is a book called Infidel. All right. Now, Infidel is about an American Muslim woman who lives in an apartment complex with her husband and her very intolerant mother-in-law. And what I mean is she's very, very strict Muslim. Uh, and the, our, our, our heroine is not... Uh, she kind of struggles with that. And as you can see, this artwork... Now, I have to say this. The writer of this is in the fucking name Hall of Fucking Fame. Porn Sack Petzl Shoot. Porn Sack Petzl Shoot. Dude, that is the fucking best name at Porn Sack. I mean, you know, I, I like Billy. I like Billy too. Billy's a good name. You know, but, you know, my, my grandfather's name was Richard. You know, oh, no, we can't call him Richard. They'll call him, everybody will call him Dick. Oh, yeah, like Dick Grayson. Yeah, we don't want that. Uh, I got it. What you got? Porn sack. Oh, my God, I love it. Porn sack. <laughs> Fucking porn. All right, porn sack is the shit. Aaron Campbell, I don't know what else this cat has done. But he draws the creepiest fucking images. This is one of the scariest looking books on the market. But she basically lives in this apartment complex and she keeps seeing these, these haunting figures. It's a really great story. Uh, with a lot of these comics, I can't give a lot away because they do work in that that uh, spoiler, spoiler territory. Uh, so I can't give you a lot of it. Okay. Uh, my next book. All right, this is not so scary, but it's pretty fucking relevant. The Long Halloween Batman by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Um, I mean, Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. I really need to say anymore. This is widely regarded, guys, as one of the greatest Batman comics ever written. It's a fantastic book. Batman is hunting a killer named Holiday. He kills people on holidays. He kills people once a month. Every now and then there's a holiday once a month, right? It's National Donut Day, like a holiday. He could be killing a lot of motherfuckers if he wanted to. Uh, but yeah, it's really cool. It's got the entire Batman uh, cast of rogues in it. But, you know, Tim Sale's art is really, really cool. I don't know if anyone really used shadow and contrast in a Batman book quite like Tim Sale does. But this, again... It's a great, great Halloween book, and um, it's 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 just fantastic. So, oh, and uh, Scott Boyd also said uh, DC Universe is seven ninety nine a month. Wow, you know what? I might fucking just do it because, man, that I'm telling you, dude, Titans is fucking good. It's definitely, I mean, dude, a, a Big Mac combo costs you eight bucks, and a tight one episode of Titans is well worth that. So, plus you get all the other shit, which I don't know really what you get, but. Uh, it's gotta be a pretty good deal, right? Yeah, right. All right. The next book, guys, this is the book that I, I've, I've talked about on the show a million times. You guys know I love it. Everybody that wants something scary or horror, this is what I give you. 
Gideon Falls, um, uh, Jeff Lamar, and uh, Adrian Sorrento. Sorrento, dude, this book. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I mean, I can't even. T- there's very little like. T- okay, you're driving on the on the on the expressway. Okay, for people who live in big cities, sorry, this is not. You're not going to get this. But you see, like you're like you're in rural, like you're rural Kentucky, or you're going up rural Ohio, or you're going up seventy one. And you see these old barns, like say it's dusk, okay? Like the sky's red, all right? You with me? Am I setting the mood, right? The sky's red, it's almost dark, and you see this fucking barn out in the middle of nowhere. It's like, there ain't even no fucking houses. Whose fucking barn is this? And it looks kind of red. I'll never look at another fucking red barn again. And when I do see a red barn, I'm going up another 40 miles an hour. I don't give a shit how fast I'm going. Because this is about a red barn. And it's creepy as fuck. Soriento's art is mind-blowing. It's trippy. It's like an acid trip, man. Because once you get into this red barn, everything reality's kind of fucked up. Now, and there's a big conspiracy. You've got a mental patient that's kind of got it figured out. Now they're figuring out that he's figuring it out, and now there's a conspiracy to stop him from figuring it out so he don't stop the red barn. It's it's fantastic. Plenty of oh shit moments. And again, Jeff Lemire is doing some of his best work right here. Uh I really like his work on a lot of stuff, but man, maybe this this horror genre is where he really excels at because this is just a fantastic fucking book. So please check that out. Uh, yeah, Gideon Falls, man. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, okay, the next one, uh, I have not gotten all the way through because this is new to me, but I'm a big Scott Snyder fan. So it's called Witches, uh, W-Y-T-C-H-E-S. And the reason for the spelling is Scott Snyder has reinvented how we feel about witches and even the rules of uh, human sacrifice, so, like, what you think you know about these two, you don't know. And Jock is the artist. And other than Soriento, this is my close second for the creepiest fucking artwork in a comic book. It's like, and this is this is what they do really, really well that I wish Gideon Falls did a little bit better. It's like, uh, it's like movie direction, right? Like, you're going to cut this scene and then go here and then you're going to shoot in on this person at this doorway because I don't want you to see over here. And then until at the last minute, you're like, oh, fuck. This is what Witches does. Like, there's not a lot of those moments, but you definitely tell the art direction went to shock value at this moment when you turn that page, the next panel, just like comic books are supposed to be. So this is a fantastic book. And it may be my top pick, actually. Uh, I'm really, 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 really digging it. So it's really, really good. All right, guys. And to wrap up the show, I've got the fucking scariest book that I think I've ever seen. When I seen this comic, I I almost, like, I was so scared I didn't want to fucking buy it. And as a matter of fact, I didn't buy it because I was so fucking scared. But, and it almost happened. Oh. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fucking fix it. Here we go. All right, guys, this almost fucking happened. This is the scariest shit ever. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. God damn it! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't like it when other podcasts throw in their politics, and I just thought it was funny. So, hey, don't judge me. Don't judge me, goddammit. But I thought it was still funny. Um, <laughs> there's a delay on my end, so now I'm just seeing it pop up. And I still think it's funny. Uh, so, yeah, the scariest comic book killer was Hillary Clinton's comic book. Uh, who the fuck would make that shit, anyway? Like, I don't, don't even make a Donald Trump comic book. No one wants that shit. We don't want to see that shit. Uh, keep your fucking politics out of our entertainment. That's what I say, right? Okay, guys, um, I really thank you for uh, tuning in to the show. Uh, I'm Man, th- and this is the honest truth. I've really tried to get on this Monday train, but some of you know uh, I'm retiring from the fire department in August, August 1st of this year. 
So I'm really, there's a lot of things that I have to do. And like when overtime comes around, I have to take it because they're based on our high three and blah, blah, blah. You don't give a shit. I know. Bottom line is I've been super, super busy uh, to get that show in on Monday because I have to prepare things. I have to read stuff. Uh, I have to get those images loaded that I don't even fucking use. Um, but I need, even if I don't get images and maybe I just put up the cam and I just need to get a show out on Monday. Uh, but I do like to give you all a decent show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured you'd like it, <laughs> Debo. Oh shit. Yeah. I laugh, dude. I was like, I need to make something kind of funny. What can I do? And it just popped in my head. So yeah, I hope don't, don't guys don't shoot me over that shit. Cause I really don't like it when people put politics into my entertainment. So I'm sure you guys don't like it either. So forgive me. It won't ever happen again. Uh, but I am trying to get back on that Monday train, guys. Uh, I feel like that works best for me. It works best for you all. That's the feedback that I've gotten. But uh, So let me know what you guys think, man. Uh, I can do a show fucking whenever you want me to. Uh, if it's just me and my fucking phone, we can talk comic books. Let's hope to God there's some good shit tomorrow. Uh, Dan would know. And, and guys, go to the zone. You know, and let me, I, just, I don't want to get on a, off on a, a tangent, which pff, I typically do. But, all right, this is the thing. Um, I'm guilty to a certain extent. Dan can tell you, I spend a pretty good penny each week on print comic books. I don't actually have any in, in arm's reach, which is fucking weird because I just boxed a bunch. Um, but I can't buy, I can't afford all the comic books that I want to read, okay? So I do uh, look at some online but these are sites like one of them actually right now is shut down because they want people to donate because there is a cost to keeping these books up online and they're wanting you to donate to keep the site up. They've been doing this for the last few years because I've been using this site and I do donate to that site because I'm like, man, five bucks here really saves me some money in the long run. So uh, especially when I can just look at books before maybe I can get out to the zone like I'm at the firehouse, I can go ahead and start reading books for the show. So I just purchase them. You know, I don't purchase them online. I read them online. Then I go to Dan's and I buy them. So I'm still supporting the industry. And I, I've seen a bunch of comic creators come out lately and talk about how if you're reading stuff online, you're the reason comic book shops are failing. You're the reason comics are failing. You're the... Well, that's not fucking true either. Because you read one comic book and it may lead you into purchasing another. Uh, and I've recommended people read them online and more times than not, they have become like a fan and purchase them, whether it's online or in print. So my point being with all this is support the industry. That's the reason I want, uh, I, I want these indie creators to, uh, to have a voice. I, I, I don't mind being that voice. If you know somebody that's doing a Kickstarter, let me know. Um, I really get behind ideas that I think are cool, like Dominus, like Dan's idea. I think it sounds really cool. Antichrist, Holy Grail. Ooh, they're giving abilities to protect it. Oh, that sounds cool, you know? So, um, so yeah, let me be their voice. Hit me up if you know anybody that's doing a Kickstarter. I'll definitely put throw it on my page. I may not get behind it personally, but I would definitely throw it up on my page to give them just that little bit extra advertisement that they need. Totally fine with that. I want to keep this this genre, this medium alive, okay? So, uh, and if you're watching this show, I think you like that shit too. So, we all need to do just our little part to to, to help the industry. But guys, uh, I, the, the people have been knocking on the door already. It ain't even fucking dark outside. Come on, man. It ain't, it ain't even Halloween, and now you're doing it and the fucking sun ain't down. God damn it. I ain't giving you shit. Uh, but guys, have a happy Halloween. Have a safe Halloween, you guys watch the news, you guys are on the internet, you're on Facebook, you know how fucking crazy the world is right now, guys, just treat people like you'd want to be treated, be nice to each other, be kind, it's not that big of a deal, I know I have to tell myself sometimes, like, oh my god, oh, okay, relax, it's not that bad, I'm sorry, you're probably having a really shitty day, that's why you do shit, like you do, um, so, just be nice to people, guys, and the world will just be a better place, hopefully, right? 
All right, and keep your politics out of your entertainment. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, guys, have a happy Halloween. And again, thanks for tuning in. I plan on being back this Monday, guys, with a new show, and we're going to talk some comic books. All right, guys, have a, have a safe uh, Halloween. I'll see you later. Peace.